0: Trigger warning, this episode mentions topics of death, eating disorders, and
1: suicidal thoughts. Welcome to Own It from Women Lead Change. I'm Tiffany O'Donnell, the CEO of Women Lead Change. On today's episode, we'll be talking to Jennifer Pasteloff, whose inspirational memoir, On Being Human recounts how years of waitressing taught her to seek out unexpected beauty, how deafness taught her to listen fiercely, how being vulnerable allowed her to find love, and how imperfections can lead to a life full of wild happiness. Her workshop, On Being Human, is a unique hybrid of yoga-related movement, writing, sharing out loud, letting the snot fly, as she says, and the occasional dance party. Welcome Jennifer Pasteloff to the Own It Podcast.
0: Hi, I'm so happy to be here.
1: So glad to have you. We're so anxious to get you in Iowa too. Um, tell us a little bit about where you are physically right now.
0: Yes, yes. Physically I'm in my office, which is, you know, uh, very adulty of me. I've never had an office. I've never I've lived in a one-bedroom apartment for oh 18 years. My husband, my son, and I have been sharing a bed and I am now in my house in Ojai, California, which is about one and a half hours north of LA. And it's a vortex. It's a really magical, special, delicious pocket of uh, California. So that's where I am.
1: Wow. Take me there. Take me there. I want to talk about your memoir, which is incredibly inspirational. Um, It's called On Being Human a memoir of waking up, living real and listening hard. And I think it's so, there's there's a lot to unpack here, but you talk about how um, you recount your, how years of waitressing taught you to seek out unexpected beauty. Um, how deafness yeah. taught you to listen fiercely and how being vulnerable allowed you to find love. Um, yeah. So much there, but let's, let's start off with the waitressing piece. Huh, so this okay. taught you how to seek out unexpected beauty. What does that look yeah, like? Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, as someone who who struggled, struggles <laughs> with uh, depression and anxiety, it's easy sometimes to feel like you're stuck and to feel like there's no beauty around you and to feel like everything is terrible and dark and bad. And that's where it was for a really long time. And I began to find beauty in and I was miserable. Let me just say that at the job. Uh, that didn't stop me from staying there for 14 years, but I was miserable. So I began to seek beauty in customers, in you know, the guy who brought the lemons in to the kitchen, you know, off the truck in the swing street sign out front. And I, I just I began to look everywhere as a way to survive because I felt so hopeless, and so dark, and that there was no beauty. And it really, I mean, where I am right now in my life is this reminder um, of, it's right here. And we forget that I forgot that. And so I began to really, I think, embody that back then. It was like, it's right here, right in front of you, right in that customer, you know, crying over their eggs, or
1: whatever it is. Were you able to do that? immediately or did it take some practice? <laughs> Cause it sounds like a great idea, no, uh, but I no. think it, you, you have to <laughs> no. repeat doing that. Yeah,
0: Yes. And that's why my, my next book is called right on time because there was so much of my life. And I, and I think a lot of people, you know, especially women, but so much of my life that was like, why did this take me so long? I'm so behind I'm, I'm late, you know, no, not immediately at all. And, um, I worked at that restaurant from when I was 21 to 34 and absolutely none and and a big part of it was going on antidepressants you know I'm really honest about that and that sort of took some of the fog away and allowed for light um, and, I'm, and I don't even mean that metaphorically, I, well, in a way, but like, <laughs> it just didn't feel so dark. Um, it was not immediately at all. No, I had to go through years of mm-hmm. feeling like there was no beauty, feeling like I was a terrible, no good, bad person, and I was stuck. And this was my lot in life. Nothing wrong with waitressing. I just happened to be miserable because I was an artist, not creating, you know, I was uh, not doing anything that made me feel alive. <laughs>
1: right right wow well let's talk a little bit about that um your path you've had a unique journey to get mm-hmm. where you are today
0: everyone has and i want to remind everyone that because i think so many times people think they don't you know that they, uh, the there's so much beauty in the mundane or or in the in the things that seem not exciting yeah yeah i've had a lot of quote unquote exciting things happen i e death and loss and things that um shake you up. My path was really interesting. I, my dad was my person, my best friend, my everything. And um I, we had a fight when I was eight and I said, I hate you. And essentially he dropped dead <laughs> right after that. And so, and right before that he had been, he had made a comment that I was being bad, you know? So I decided it was my fault and I'm a bad person. And, Wow. shoved everything back in my body and didn't grieve. <laughs> and then um, I all this time I had been having hearing loss, but um, it wasn't as extreme as it is now. As it is now, I can't hear without my hearing aids, and I rely on hearing aids and reading lips. Back then it was just tinnitus, and I never talked about it. So as time went on, um, I found ways to deal with the grief, such as nearly dying from an eating disorder and and, you know, you name it. And uh, and when I say dealing with the grief, obviously it wasn't, but it was the way that I um, control. And so um, after my dad died, my mom moved us out to California to start our lives over, which I did. You know, I was, I was in seventh, sixth grade acting. I was on Punky Brewster. I was in plays, and then right after seventh grade, my my mother says we're moving back to New Jersey, and I was bona fide suicidal. Um, because, you know, that was the place of death and misery and, but, uh, but I went to high school there and then, um, I went to NYU and I had a, I never dealt with the eating disorder or my dad's death or you name it. And I essentially had a nervous breakdown, um, after junior year, I was about to go into senior year. I was a scholar. I thought I'd be in Iowa teaching poetry workshops, you know, I, I had this whole life, which is why coming to Iowa feels really profound because that (laughs) is in my imagination, my, my parallel life. So my mother Mm -hmm. being the, the beloved kooky mom that she is again, moved back to California. And so I decided to take a semester off in quotes um, to come be with her to feel safe. And I got a summer job at the restaurant and I stayed there for 14 years And still hadn't dealt with anything, you know. And I finally went on antidepressants, you know. And uh, I have been doing a lot of yoga. Did not want to be a yoga teacher at all. But when I went on the antidepressants, I thought, perhaps this is an escape route for me to get out of the restaurant. And it was. And I became a well-known yoga teacher. And I, you know, it was like, it was, it was wonderful. It was my way into where I am now. The way I made my way out of uh, the restaurant was antidepressants and became a yoga teacher. And then I started writing again. And I developed this following, if you want to call it, which always feels like kind of a gross expression to me. but And then I started getting really creative and just combining all the things that I did, all the years of waitressing and writing and acting, which I had stopped doing, and, and yoga. And I, and I created this workshop. And people started coming. And, you know, and it was all about, it morphed into what it is now. It used to be called the Manifestation Workshop, colon, on being human. And then I dropped the front part because I realized what I was really interested in was the on being human part. And, uh, yeah, then Mm -hmm. I wrote the book and I do this thing, which is um, allowing space for all of it, for the humanness and telling the truth.
1: Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, you've said it comes back to what I call the just a box in on being human. You know, we think we have to fit inside a box, all the corners neatly tucked, just mom, just waitress, just yoga teacher. That's pretty profound. I think a lot of us feel that way.
0: Yeah, I reject that box. I get so, like right now I have chills all over. I reject that box. You know, the way I, I go, I am the box. You know, the box is, you know, for so many years, I'm just a waitress. And even, even writing the book, you know, I had to let go so much with... You know, I had always wanted to be in Iowa. I had always wanted to be the literary writer and I became known as the yoga person. And that was really my, my, what I call the inner asshole. my ego was like, no, you know, I'm a real writer. And it was like, you're just a yoga teacher or you're just the however people thought of me. And I was like, but I wanted to be seen as like the poet and the, and eventually, you know, it was after the book got published really, but I realized like the box doesn't exist. And I, I will reject it for the rest of my life. And some days I forget. It's a daily practice to remember that I get to create the box. There doesn't have to be a box, you know. Mm-hmm. And may
1: I have the courage to be who I say I am. So do you think we're the, we're the ones who put that, we, we put ourselves in those boxes? People aren't doing that to us.
0: Yes. I do think that, of course, there are, you know, <laughs> one of the things I always say in the beginning of my workshop is we have two options in life and they're nuanced, but these are it keep going or shut down. The choice is ours. And I say to people, if you've gotten this far in your life and you've never had someone try to shut you down, you will at some point, or you'll perceive them as trying to shut you down. And I think that's the thing is we perceive a lot of times is someone trying to put us in a box and sometimes they really do. And, and then sometimes, you know, there are things that have been said to us or things we've seen and we just um, inherit them and take them on as truth. Like, whatever we were told as children or whatever we've bought into. But ultimately, yeah, we are doing it to ourselves. And that's mm-hmm. not to say there there aren't, you know, people who are trying to squash us or dim our light or put us in a box. There absolutely are. But it's up to us to every day wake up and go, nope, I get to decide.
1: You've shared a great epiphany you had too, that no one's going to give you a medal, be nope. awake and live real. How has that led to the way you lead your life?
0: Yeah. um, That came from a really painful experience where somebody, you know, I have this whole thing I call the one in the 100, which isn't like revolutionary. Just perhaps my little catchy phrase of it is uh, the one in the 100 is if there's 100 people who love you and one doesn't, who do we focus on? And most of us, it's the one, you know, where I'm at now is I just, I still focus on the one, but my recovery time is way quicker, you know, but anyway, there was this woman at a retreat and everyone was having this great time and she was not my retreat. I mean, essentially she told me I'm being the one and, and she drove away and, and I just felt terrible. I felt like I failed. Everyone hates me. And, um, and i and yet i kept going i kept leading the retreat and i realized you know i wanted a medal for that i wanted someone to be like you that's amazing jen this person didn't like you but you you know and it dawned on me my whole life i've been doing that i've been waiting for someone to say you know you're not a bad person and you're lovable You know, even here's a pile of money to write a book at the restaurant all the years I was working there or for a lot of them, I was pretending to be an actress. And the reason I add the word pretending is because essentially I was like waiting at the host stand, waiting for someone to come in and discover me. Literally, I kept thinking that. Guess what? Listeners didn't happen. (laughs) And uh, in the moment, the girl leaving wasn't the gift. I felt awful. But in time, I went, wow, no one's going to give me a medal. I got to give one to myself and everything changed. I began to really, and it's never about I'm better than anyone else. Never. But it's acknowledging, you know, all the things. Yes. I give myself a medal for falling into a great depression in COVID losing everything because all my money was based on in-person events, reinventing and buying a damn house in a pandemic. I give myself a medal, you know, for, um, not brushing my hair right now and being okay with whatever you think of me, you know, I give myself a medal for going on antidepressants, you know, all the things, it doesn't have to be these like necessary achievements. But where can I acknowledge myself?
1: That can be hard.
0: Yep. And it's a daily practice. And it's, um, and that's why I think it's really important if people who remind us, you know, your people, people who remind you who you really are, and that's why I think it's incredibly important to reflect on it every day. What do I give myself a medal for today? And what do I want to let myself off the hook for today? And why is it so hard to give ourselves a medal? Yeah. You know, when I have people do the exercise, you know, it's my signature exercise. And and we do it and like you stand up and and you, it's like an award ceremony. You stand up if you're able, you know. Things I say is I go, I want you to brag and have levity. Levity is so important in all the work I do. You know, it's a must. I'd say it's the top the top top thing, but brag because so many uh, the voice that comes in it goes. I couldn't possibly give myself a medal for that. What will people think? Because when you say it's hard, why, why, why is it hard? It's just
1: you know, I, I, like you said, you 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 remember the one person that says the bad thing. It's exactly. way easier to believe the bad stuff. That stuff it sticks.
0: It, it is. It is, and and it's less with practice. And you know, it's okay. You know, past school of thought. I go fine, believe it, and then stop believing it in after five minutes or, you know, make it shorter yeah. so that you don't shut down. Right. So you, right. you will tell the truth. Like, okay, wow, that really hurt my feelings or wow. And then you tell a new story or you, you know, or you let it go. Yeah.
1: Cause I think a lot of, a lot of us do get that sort of on rewind and repeat the last, the last bad thing you heard. Of course. Can tend to just, <laughs> I like, I like what you said, give it a time limit. Something I new. call it,
0: um, I wrote an essay years ago called The Things That Get Stuck. And I said something like a chicken bone in the throat. You know, I remember I, every day I people reach out to me and say just the most beautiful things to me. And, but I remember this guy that came in the restaurant I worked in who touched my belly and said to me, Damn, they've been feeding you. And I must have heard that sentence. On re- I still can hear it. And there are so many things in my life. Um, I don't really know my, I, Exactly how my dad died. I mean, I knew it was his heart, but my mom essentially said he like vomited and then choked. And I was like, ah, I cannot hear that. It's like the things that get stuck, and there are those 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 things that get stuck. And uh, I I think it's it takes practice to let the things that if if we are going to let things get stuck, to choose the things that get stuck rather than just the um the things that make us feel bad or validate you like yeah I suck.
1: Overwhelmed by Data, the Master of Business Analytics program at Iowa State University, can help with that. Their program will teach you how to organize your data and use it to drive decisions, taking you from down and out to the data-driven top dog. The program is 100% online, it's customizable, plus there's no entrance exam. If you're ready to make your data work for you, visit ivybusiness.iastate.edu for more information. You've been described Perfect. as unapologetically open with the mantras "I got you" and "Don't be an a hole." Um, yeah. How does this translate to your work and your audience?
0: <laughs> However, if you do go to type in my URL, don't be an a holenet net. It's the real word, friends. Okay, so um, it translates. It's it's beautiful. I have a um, uh, tattoo. I have one tattoo in my uh, that I have, which says "I got you." I just got it um, a couple years ago. It's um, Here's a beautiful example. During the beginning of the pandemic, I posted on my Instagram, do you have enough food to eat? And it wasn't because I thought, look, I had lost everything. You know, I didn't have any money coming in, but... I, it wasn't because I thought like, I'm gonna be able to feed everyone, but I knew that this community that I built and nurtured and fostered and and show up for would take care of each other. And that's what happened. People started saying like, no, I don't have food. I lost my job. And other people stepped in and were like, I'm gonna give you groceries. And and then I, I I got excited and one of my followers named Dana reached out to me and we started this thing and we raised so much money um, to feed people during the early part of the pandemic because people were donating and and that was what I got you is it's this idea of you know um reaching out a helping hand does it doesn't mean i personally you know can be best friends with everyone no and that does happen sometimes people read my book and they and they you know there th- that happens right so mm-hmm. so that's interesting that that boundary sometimes i have to go that i got you doesn't necessarily mean um here's my phone number come over to every person because how could i possibly do that but It means bearing witness. It means listening. It means, um, you know, I think my superpower, one of them, is creating community and these really intentional spaces where people really do feel held and seen and got and not judged, you know, and um, I've found over the years that what people really, really want What I really want is to be seen and heard. And that's what I got you is. That's it. I got you. You know, it's like I work with all these women. I offer scholarships to women who've lost a child. And it's, they don't, there's no fixing. It's just, I got you. Whatever you need, it means that, right? I got you. And then the don't be an a-hole, of course, it's like, you know, yeah, there are external a-holes, but it's your inner one. And it's about um, holding yourself accountable with a sense of humor. So like, don't be an a-hole and forget that you're not enough. Don't be an a-hole and, um, you know, and forget that you're unlovable and, and, and don't be an a-hole period. Like I remember it's like, oh, back when I actually got on airplanes, you know, it's like, I didn't get upgraded to a premium economy or something and like huffing and puffing. It's like, okay, don't be an a-hole. Really? The thing about it though, really for me is the levity, is the humor. I find that life is hard (laughs) and we make it so much harder. And one way we can make it less hard is by approaching things with humor and levity and finding the silliness and the joy. And it's not to say we don't have to take things seriously, but not to take ourselves
1: seriously. On that note, what is dorking it out?
0: Oh, yeah. Darking it out, that goes back to the, you know, don't take ourselves too seriously. So, you know, a lot of times how I started, I morph from the yoga into what I do now is the body movement now isn't a lot of people, most people who come to my stuff have never, are not yoga people per se. So it's just really, it's about just using the body as a way to become more open and vulnerable and free and connected. And like a lot of times I'll play a song, you know, um, I had my 15 minutes of fame when I was on Good Morning America for karaoke yoga, which I invented. <laughs> and it's just oh, ridiculous. That? It's as ridiculous as it sounds. So, um, but like I'll play Don't Stop Believing or something. And we'll be, we'll have been weeping and people are sharing what they're afraid of. But then we'll, uh, you know, I'll break it up. So it's not just like heavy heart therapy and go, all right. And we all start singing and I go, dork it out. And it's like just exactly what it sounds like being as free without worrying what will they think, you know, connecting to your inner dork, your inner child, your inner rock star, whatever you want to call it. But so many of us live our lives so afraid of what will they think. And uh, it, it hinders yeah. us so much. It's, it's really saying just be free, be free, mm-hmm. dork it out, dance. You know, I'm a terrible dancer and I will be the, the one always on the stage. I'm uh, no rhythm and, you know, I love it. So dork it out. And, um, it's not to say, it's not to say don't care what people think, cause I've yet to meet anyone who, who, you know, maybe some sociopaths, but like who don't care at all. What people think most of us care, but I won't care as much and I won't let it shut me down and I won't let it make my choices for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just, you talked about your superpower already. I'm wondering, is there something in your life before that didn't always seem like a good thing to you (laughs) and now it does (laughs) what is that and how do you own that
0: first of all you're a really good listener I'm like I'm I'm intrigued by you yeah I love it you 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 pause like you're yeah you're just you're great um yes oh my gosh do you have we only have a few minutes do you have an hour (laughs) I mean my hearing (laughs) loss and look let's let's be clear friends listening not every day do I think it's a gift. I'm really, this weekend, my whole family was here. It was really stressful. My sister has, you know, a son with special needs and, and I, and most of the time I can't hear and I, it's hard as heck, but yes, my hearing loss is a gift because I know that I have this wonderful ability to allow people to feel safe and that I'm really, really listening because I listen so hard. You know, I have to with my whole body and I have to really focus and I listen with other senses. And so absolutely my hearing loss, you know, I was in such denial and I was so scared and so resentful. And now, yeah, some days I get frustrated as anything and resentful, but I'm so clear on the, on the magic that has come with deafness. And, and to be clear, listening, you know, I'm not capital D deaf. I wasn't born deaf without any hearing. It's distorted. I can't hear without my hearing aids. I rely on lip reading. And so, you know, the the pandemic was really hard for me with masks. You know, I, I I, I I, I don't have words for the depression of it. Um, but so I'm little d deaf. Mm-hmm. There's a difference.
1: Is there a difference?
0: Oh, capital oh, yeah. D
1: versus little D. You know. Yes,
0: there is because capital D is deaf, deaf culture. And you know, and I'm I'm probably not explaining it exactly right, but but you know, um the, the deaf culture, um, you know, and, and they they communicate with ASL. I don't know ASL. I want to, I'm intimidated because I have a story that I'm really un, um, uncoordinated and I and then I panic, but um, I didn't grow up around deaf people. So small D deaf is like me, is like you, you know, profoundly hard of hearing or you need hearing aids or, you know, yes, there's absolutely a difference.
1: What's one thing we could do today? You know, is it is it see the beauty in the ordinary? Is it is it listen? What's one thing we can do from the school of Jennifer Pasteloff?
0: Hmm. I was sitting here in my home... Um, a couple months ago, with this impending feeling of doom, uh, that the other shoe is going to drop, which, you know, if you've been listening, you understand having a trauma, when you're a child, it's something that I have to deal with. and, And I have to like, every day put that down. And then I had a terrible thought, which was, I don't get to be this happy. But I have all these tools. And I wrote a book. And I said, Nope, and I'm a coach, I said, no, 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 no. I stood up and on a sticky note, I wrote, you get to have this. And I stuck it on a sticky note and I've been telling all my clients and I remind myself that every day, I get to have this. So that is what you could do today. Remind yourself, you get to have this, this being whatever, whatever your, this is. So if you're listening, I would, I would encourage you to pick up a pen right now and just write, when you say that to yourself, I get to have this, what's your, this, And sometimes people look at me and they go, I I don't know. And I go, okay, well, think about things you think you don't get to have even unconsciously like rest or abundance or downtime or whatever, uh, a nap. You get to have this. You get to have this. This, you know, your birthright is not stress. Your birthright is not misery. It's just not. You get to have this. And, you know, with all the knowing and your being, know that. So I'd say that was it. And, yeah, beauty hunting always. Look for the beauty and name it. Look for it even when it feels like it's not there because it
1: is. Great advice. Jennifer Pasteloff, it has been an absolute treat talking to you virtually. And I cannot wait to see you in Iowa. Me too! A place you've you've talked about coming for a very long time. It makes me happy that we'll bring you here. It's really exciting. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you soon in Iowa. Thank you. I just love her vulnerability, don't you? I think we've all had moments just like that. You'll be able to see Jennifer at the 2021 Central Iowa Conference in Des Moines on October 27th and 28th. Register today at wlcglobal.org. Shop the WLC Store for all Women Lead Change merch, including tumblers, books, shirts, notebooks, and more. Visit the store at wlcstore.myshopify.com. Do you know a woman in the Quad Cities who's made a lasting impact on the community or is poised to be the next great leader? Nominate her for a Quad Cities Leadership Award. Nominations are open now at wlcglobal.org. Follow Women Lead Change on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it so much. More information and tickets can be found at wlcglobal.org.